Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We welcome in AC to the show. AC, how you doing? Good, good, great. Um, Actually, I mean, I got through, so I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. Well, we're happy about that. We're excited to have you fired up here, and uh, it's nice to call in knowing that you're already a winner. Here's the deal, AC. It's a little something different for you. Golt is going to ask you questions that are uh, theories about me, and you're going to have to tell him. In honor of uh, 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 the first day of the signing period here in college football, what position I would be playing coming out of high school and how many stars recruit I would be, what school, FBS school, I would be attending, and how I'm going to let everybody know that, okay? So that is the thing that you got to uh, you got to figure out. Can you do that for us today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course Boys I some chicken wings All really right. hit the spot. All right. Tell me likey. Tell me what wingy. All right, AC. He's, he's ready to go. Coulter, let's go. Let's give us right, some questions. AC, if Ryan was a high school senior, a prized high school football recruit yes. coming out of high school, prized what indeed. position would he play and how many stars would he be ranked with? Uh, man, i, I got to be nice to him. I, I think I've, I've met him before. I think he'd probably be either a tight end or maybe a running back. And uh, I would think maybe a two-star Two-star athlete. Now, I, it, here's what I like about AC. Now, we, we've uh, evidently met at some point. That's great. He said he's going to be nice to me, and he is by giving me two stars. Oh, yeah. Because this is a zero-star recruit, if ever there was one. Uh, that is for sure. Running back, if the word running is in it, there is no chance that I'm doing it. Okay? So, tight end, you're probably right about the tight end thing. If I'm coming out of high school, though, and I'm calling my shot, you know darn well I am a five-star defensive end. 
Period. End of story. I am a mountain of a high school man. You know what I mean? 6'6", six, six, oh, yeah. already 275, already repping it out 32 times, still running a sub five. But, uh, you know, you're probably more accurate than I am on that. Okay, question number two. All right, number two, this two-star tight end or five-star D end, regardless, where is he going? <laughs> what what school is Ryan Tutel going to choose on National Signing Day? So you're FBS, right? Yeah. The Bowl yep, Series. Yeah. So yep. Bowl Series. Uh, you know, you there's guys so many. The there's North- so many right answers here too, AC. I'm yeah. Telling well, you. you know, you guys love the Northwest, and so I, I would think Washington or Washington State would have to be your go-to in FBS. I don't know. Maybe Boise. I don't know. Yeah, so let me tell you something. Uh, oh. Oh, go ahead. No, I don't want to cut you off now, AC. No, you know, no. I, I, I think I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Boise because of that, that field, man. you got to go with the field because that field is just epic. Uh, I do love Boise. Uh, I've uh, I've had uh, family in Boise. We have spent time in Boise, Coulter and I have. It's a wonderful city. If it was the Northwest, it would probably be Washington, although Washington, all three of those are good. Uh, there's also a lot of reason, uh, if you listen to the show, why I might be headed to Bowling Green, maybe Miami of Ohio. Why? You know, the Mac get a little Tuesday night football going. Uh, but uh, here's the deal. If <laughs> I'm Scotty? If I'm a five-star defensive end, and this sounds like front-running, but I promise you it's not. This has been on my radar for, I'm going to LSU. Put mm, me in Death yeah. Valley. That's the life I want to live. However, Coulter, you have hit the nail on the head. If I am a two-star tight end, and God bless you for giving me both of those stars, AC, I'm going to... I am going to Camp Randall. I am playing in front of my family in Madison, Wisconsin at the University Ooh. of Dub from a whole pack of Badgers. So that is uh, that is also a right answer. So maybe no wrong answers. I'll go wherever they'll take me, which evidently they'll, everyone will take me, uh, if I'm understanding yeah. it correctly. So yeah, give me, give me Wisconsin and Paul Christ and the whole deal all day long. All right, excellent. Uh, Coulter, question number three for AC. All right, AC, number three. Ryan Tutel, the five-star defensive end that is going to LSU. How is he revealing his choice? Uh, uh, you know, it, it's warm down there. It wouldn't be a beanie. It, it'd have to be a ball cap. It'd have to be a ball cap. I would. If you were going to, if you're going Northwest, I'd say let's go beanie. But you're going to LSU, Coach O, and when you get the Heisman, you're going to be crying. So yeah. I'm going to go with the ball cap. Now, first of all, anybody who says that that didn't get them there on the emotional scale on the Joe Burrow, <laughs> they're lying to you. Love that on the Joe Burrow. Uh, you are, uh, first of all, there would 100% be a hat on, but that ain't all. Okay, that's the start of this whole thing. There's a lot of legwork in this one. I would be special ordering from China on a cargo ship months in advance. A firework display to shoot out LSU in purple and gold and tigers. You know, they could do the happy faces now. I want to see tiger faces in the sky as the exploding fireworks and tell the world where it is that I'm headed to, okay? That's how I'm doing it. None of this no-show business like this offensive lineman is out fishing. I am going to ride this thing the whole way because here's what we know for sure. It's the last time anyone's going to talk about me. 
going to college to play any sport. Is the day I sign. That's it. That's all. You'll never hear from me again. AC, excellently done by you as well, my friend. Give your information to David there in the back. You're headed to the Desperado for some wings, okay? All right, man. Thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, I got two stars out of AC. I'm feeling great about this. You know how good you got to be to be a two-star recruit? Oh, man. It's so much of it depends on where you grow up, though, too, man. Who sees you? Like, there's, I don't know, like... Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't the, hurt the, the people I, today. What what star rating would Troy Anderson have if he would have grown up in Los Angeles? Yeah, four right, stars. Right, and he right. had no stars because he went to no camps <laughs> and he got recruited by two schools. And, That's right. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just the way it is. You would be a two-star tight end going to Minnesota, Duluth, or Wisconsin, Whitewater. Mm. To prioritize your philosophy, How about education, Pacific Lutheran. I mean, we could do that. Yeah, no, you're you're you're, uh, you're too much of a cheesehead, dude. Got to go to the Midwest. You're spelling it all. Well, out. no, Cheese I mean, if, curds I, if, if and, I'm doing this on the educational side, because here's the thing, like, man, I'm gonna burn a lot of bridges with this here. I mean, we're all friends, right? I can say this. I don't really want to go to the Midwest. You know, I don't want to. I've lived in the Midwest. I don't want to live in the Midwest. I don't. You know, I love it there. I okay, get, you're but I don't want to go. I don't want to live there. That's going to New Mexico. I mean, that's no, no. I also lived in New Mexico, and I like New Mexico. You want me to play basketball in the pit? You got me all day. You I don't want to play football in New Mexico. For the Lobos. Dead. <laughs> LSU's worse? Oh, yeah. Way worse. Uh, the desert heat compared to the swamp? Oh, not close, bud. Not close. Uh, it's it's probably more uncomfortable and hotter at LSU, but you're more you're, you're risking death way more in the desert. I have to shower, full body showered, every time I trim my mustache. That's how much I hate itching. Okay, because a couple little hairs land in the beard and then they're just, I go nuts. My wife cutting my hair, lose my mind. Okay, you put me in that honey dip by you with a bunch of mosquitoes and flies, I I will collapse. I won't even come out for the games. You want to talk about building a dome, you know, to play football in the north? Build some domes in the south, people. Build a dome. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Dan Davies is the subject of our ESPN roundtable. He is the assistant athletic director, associate athletic director, internal ops at Montana State. He also played football at Montana State in the late 70s. He was also a coach on the Montana State staff in the early 80s, notably covering not one but two national championships, including the most recent one in 1984 with Montana State. The Cats are in the national semifinal against North Dakota State. He joins us as the subject of our ESPN roundtable. Next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. 
At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Welcome into the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. And this week we're joined by Dan Davies. He's the Senior Associate AD for Internal Operations at Montana State, but also a lifelong Bobcat. Dan played on the 1976 National Championship team at Montana State, coached on the 1984 National Championship team, and has been on the radio for as long as I can remember calling Bobcat games. Dan, thanks so much for being with us this week. You're welcome, guys. It's it's my pleasure to, to visit with you today. Montana State is in the midst of a historic run, especially when you talk about the modern generation. The Bobcats have been good since the turn of the 21st century, been to the playoffs multiple times, but this is the first true playoff run Montana State has been on since that 1984 run to the national title. The Bobcats are into the Final Four of the FCS playoffs. They play their semifinal game Saturday at number 1 North Dakota State. First time Montana State has been as far as the semis since 1984. But, Dan, you've been a part of and next to Bobcat programs that have gone through all sorts of things, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, and everything in between. So just put this in perspective for us. I mean, from the time when you were a player playing for Sonny Holland all the way through now uh, covering these guys under Jeff Choate, what's just the arc of this whole thing been like for you to follow? Yeah, it's it's been an amazing run. There's no no doubt about it. Full disclosure, though, fellas, I was a, a scout team, quote unquote, all American in 1976. <laughs> I, 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 that 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 was my role, uh, and, and I don't want anybody to think anything different than that because there was some great players on that team, and and I got banged around uh, by them a lot. Uh, from those guys, but yeah, that no no question that was a special year and it uh, things things lined up right and you have to be in the right place at the right time but when your numbers called you've got to be able to perform and that that was no different than in 1984 either and uh, now the, the bobcats numbers getting called again on saturday in fargo so they're going to be called upon to uh rise, rise to that challenge and it's a big challenge in in fargo as you you guys know uh, the, the dominance that program has had for over a decade and and beyond. But um, the fact that the Bobcats were there last year, uh, they're with their eyes wide. I think they're going to be more focused and understand what the situation is there. They're going to know where the you know the locker room is. They know where the press box is. They know what their sideline is. They know what the noise level is going to be like. Uh, I think they're going to be more focused and more prepared as they walk in there on Saturday afternoon. Montana State has had some very distinct characters as as its head coach for all, the entire Big Sky Conference era. Quite honestly, when you talk about Jim Sweeney, Sonny Holland, Sonny Lubick, you know Dave Arnold, up through Cliff Heisel and Mike Kramer and Rob Ash, and now Jeff Choate. But Coach Choate, when he first took the job, he proclaimed his vision for the program the very first day, and he laid it all out there. And he's talked about it week by week, honestly, throughout the last four years. 
you know, we're, we're going to rebuild this thing. We, we might lose big at first, but then we're going to lose close, then we're going to win close, and then we're going to win big. And to watch the program develop and evolve and blossom like it has, it, it's been stark and it's been amazing because when you talk about somebody that ha- does speak like Coach Joe, to pro- proclaim all these things and then make them come to reality, quite impressive. But from your eyes, Dan, when he, Jeff Cho was first hired, what did you think of the hire? And, and now that he has brought his vision to fruition, I mean, how impressive has this been? No, no question about um, how impressed I am with how this thing has come together. But you're right, Coulter, he had a plan. And, and I, I am impressed, you know, not only year by year, but week by week, but day by day, how he, he has planned this thing out. He he's came in with a plan. He's executed the plan. But it's one thing to have a plan. Then you've got to execute it not only with your staff, and, you know, administratively, and, and also then with your players. But um, he he spends a lot of time. I know he does thinking about things, and and you can't think about tomorrow. You've got to think about tomorrow. You've got to think about next week, next month, next year. And, and, and the next season. So he, he has been a master at that, and I've been so impressed with the planning process and the thought process he puts in to this program and where he's got it to today. Dan Davies joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. He's the Senior Associate AD for Internal Operations at Montana State University. And, Dan, when you talk about Jeff Choate on this past Friday night after the, the the final gun sounds against Austin P, he was as excited as I think I've seen him. Maybe barring uh, one or two of the 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 Cat Grizz games, but really even those were rivaled in terms of his outward elation, and he was even a little bit emotional in the press conference afterwards. Did you see that? And when you look at him, and still in the midst of a playoff run, I mean, they still think that that you know, there's obviously uh, everything out there in front of them. What did you take away from just his reaction to beating Austin P and getting this team into the semifinals? Well, well Ryan, it's it's interesting because uh, I get the opportunity to to talk with him uh, on the air after the game, depending on the situation. But with the NCAA playoffs. The losing coach goes first, and because of a cooling off period and so forth, and their players, so it's it's interesting. We went out in the field, everybody celebrating, everybody had a good time, and then they're out celebrating. So he he's go back in the team house, and he's sitting there by himself. And uh, so I'm communicating with the, with the broadcast team on what they're going to do, and he we wanted to wait for the big conference in there and kind of running out of time so I walked in I said coach you want to do this now and he's just sitting there by himself he goes yeah I mean he was just kind of taking it all in he'd had some time to to reflect on you know what what had occurred there for the previous you know three and a half hours and uh, I, I'm so impressed with not he was you could tell he was excited but he was calm and he was already into the next phase on all right you want you want to enjoy this but he's already thinking about next week and what what the prospects look like and whether we're going to be at home or back in fargo uh it's it's just amazing um what those coaches go through the highs and lows they've got to be excited and then they go all right we got to get going again and, and start focusing on what we have to do next so that that it's an interesting process to to watch him go through that when it comes to your time as a player, regardless of, of the level you might have remembered yourself playing at, Dan, I know that you had an up-close and personal <laughs> view of of uh, one of the greatest coaches in the history of not only Montana State, but the Big Sky Conference and Sonny Holland. And, uh, but I want to ask you, just comparing and contrasting, 
What are some of the biggest differences, not only in at Montana State, but in the Big Sky Conference and in college football from back in the 1970s? Well, culture has, has changed um, not only once, but twice or something, maybe even three times on, on how you're able to coach kids uh, in this day right. and age. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest factor. Um, there, you know, back, back in those days, um, you know, it's, you, you run through the wall for the coach and, and now, now it's more like, why would we want to run through the wall? Why would we want to do that? A player would ask a coach, uh, in this situation. So there's been a, a I think a, a huge, uh, adjustment, you know, from a coaching standpoint on, on how you motivate kids. And, um, I, I'd say this a, a lot about coach Choate. He can coach them hard this day and age that a lot of coaches can't and gets results because he respects those kids. He understands the kids and still these kids will, uh, quote unquote, run through the wall for him. Sonny Holland is one of those type of guys that, he didn't raise his voice very often, and he almost, a lot of times had a, a calm demeanor in the in the pregame pep talk for the players. But that last sentence coming out of his mouth, "Let's go out there," or whatever it was, I can't remember. And he, it, it people would would be, you know, peeling the paint off the walls. That's how exciting people were to get out on the field after a, a pregame speech with Sonny Holland. The evolution of the program after Coach Holland stepped away and became the athletic director. Take us through all that because I think it's such an interesting history. I mean, I know that Sonny Lubick was there for just a brief moment in time and controversially, honestly, probably let go, but then reemerged as the defensive coordinator on Dennis Erickson's staff at Miami, but then uh, as the head coach of Colorado State. I mean, the, the stadium is named after him at Colorado State. That's how much success he had there. Um, but then Dave Arnold takes over, and with a ton of Sonny Lubick recruits and then a ton of recruits of his own as well, takes Montana State on the magical run to the 84 National Championship. But that time period from 78 through 83, what was Bobcat football like at that time? Yeah, it, it was it was really interesting from the standpoint. And I need to correct you, uh, Coulter. Sonny, Sonny Holland became the alumni director. He right, wasn't right, the athletic right, director right. here, but n- nonetheless, so it, it went. You know, there were offense and defensive coordinator were both in line. I, I believe that time for the head coaching it was Don Christensen was the offensive coordinator. Sonny Lubick was the defensive coordinator, and uh, the decision was made to go with Sonny Holland or Sonny Lubick uh, to take over the program. And so that was in nineteen. 19- that was after the 77 season and in 78, uh, you know, Sonny Lubick won the big sky championship. And, uh, I mean, it was, a, it was a tie situation, I believe, but so he was here 78 or 77, 78 and 79, 80 and 81. And then, uh, decision was made to, to change. And then Doug Graber came in in 1982 as the head coach. He was the defensive coordinator at the university of Wisconsin was here for one year and we went I was on that staff as well and we went uh, 6 and 5 that year and uh he got the opportunity to go to the Kansas City Chiefs as a secondary coach and then once once again internal hire Dave Arnold was was elevated to the for the head coach and uh one one thing that that happened that in 1982 over in Missoula we got embarrassed by the Grizzlies, and uh, that that taste was in Coach Arnold's mouth and and the rest of the coaching staff as well for a, for a long time. And he focused from that day he got the job 
to beating the Grizzlies. And uh, that's what happened in 1983. And unfortunately, that was the only game that Montana State won. And uh, so then that March, then the March for the 1984 season started after that. So, and, uh, to, you know, to go to one and 10 to national championships one year was the, you know, I was the miracle year. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Dan Davies joining us. He's the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Internal Operations at Montana State here on the uh, ESPN Roundtable. And yeah, I mean, what an unbelievable swing to go from a one-win team in 83 to a national champion in 84. I doubt anything like that uh, you could find uh, across college football, but that 84 team was something else. I mean, there were some characters on that team, and you find yourself, you know, a young uh, position coach, wide receiver coach on that team. What do you remember about some of the guys that you, you know, that were on that team and some of the ways that they went about it? Because it was a legendary club, not just because of what they accomplished, but because of, of who they were and some of the characters that were there well at one point we were two and two uh we we played at uh, eastern washington in joe albee stadium there in spokane we ran up and down the field and uh, ended up ended up losing by five points we missed two field goals inside the 30 yard line and uh really performed well offensively but just couldn't didn't get it done and we lost to idaho state here in bozeman and we played horribly on offense and I remember our offensive coordinator, Bill Diedrich, said, we're not even going to show the film to the kids. We, we graded it and then flushed it on Sunday and, and uh, moved on to the next week. And, and that's, that's kind of where the run started. I believe went to Weber the next week. But, uh, and then there was a couple um, miracle games. Uh, Boise State uh, comes to mind. We were down there and... And uh, Jesse Jones runs a screen pass for 80 yards. It breaks about five tackles, tiptoes along the sideline. And then, of course, Northern, or excuse me, um, Nevada Reno, we, uh, that game goes to four overtime. So any time any of those overtime you know, plays that go wrong, you don't get that win. So a lot of things lined up right. Uh, we scored, like I say, deep into the overtime series there. And... Then just kind of snowballed, uh, but you have to. When you talk about that team, you've got to talk about the captains uh, of that group: Joe Bignell, Joe Robertson, Mark Fellows, all three Montana guys uh, that were recruited by Sonny Lubick's uh, staff. There, with we had Mick Delaney on that staff, we had Mick Dennehy on that staff. Uh, so there's a lot of Montana blood uh, on that staff, as well as Cliff Heisel and uh, a number of other guys. So uh, those those three guys, you know, led 
led the team week in and week out. And then sophomore quarterback Kelly Bradley uh, was a winner uh, from from day one and had a bunch of good receivers to throw to and you know a couple all American offensive linemen and it just goes on and on. Um, that the defense in 1983 was good, but 1984 was spectacular and uh, kept the Bobcats you know in, in a lot of a lot of games and. Uh, you know, you got Cleet Leinbarger and Doug Kimball in the secondary, and a couple other Montana kids, the Timmer brothers from Boulder. Uh, it just goes on and on. Lonnie Burt, the nose guard from Helena, uh, was uh, a phenomenal defensive lineman that uh, it took two guys to block every time. I, it, I could go on for, for hours talking about all these kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love hearing the old stories. I remember when I did a I did an oral history on... 1984 Cats, when it was the 30th anniversary of the national championship. And I talked to Mark Fellows, who was an All-American and one of the great pass rushers in the country uh, his senior year in 1984. But he talked about the previous year and just some of the close losses and how disheartening that season was, but also just the motivating factor. And, I, you know, it is a crazy story to go from a two-win team to a national champion and then have a losing record the next year as well. But how much do you think that 1983 season and the disappointments of it played into the motivation and the mentality of that 84 team? I think it played a, a big factor, Coulter. Um, like I say, we were pretty darn good on defense, and we just could, couldn't get any rhythm or get anything going on, on offense, even though we had some good players. But sometimes things just don't click. And uh, But the, the, the 84 team was based around the defense until the offense caught up and got going. And and then it was, you know, nearly unstoppable. You've probably heard the story about, the, you know, the Fresno game. We were down 24-7, to I believe, in the third quarter. That was coached by Jim Sweeney. Cliff Heisel was an assistant on that staff. Kevin Sweeney was the quarterback. And I honestly do remember this distinctly, that in the second half, the Fresno coaches took their headsets off, thinking it was over. And then Kelly Bradley went to work with Joe Bignell, Tommy White, Brent Bateman, uh, Kelly Davis, uh, David Pant, Timmy Clemens, and uh, just marched up and down the field. And when things did not look good in the middle of the third quarter, and those guys just would not quit, Bill Diedrich, the offensive coordinator, called a great game there in the fourth quarter. And uh, we ended up winning that, I think, 35-31 to 31 at the very end. Joe B- I can still see Joe Bignell dragging two guys across the goal line for that last touchdown. Dan Davies joining us. He's a former player, former coach, and current senior associate athletic director at Montana State University. And, Dan, one thing that, uh, you know, a lot has changed surrounding football and in general over the years, over the decades, but one thing that seems pretty consistent is to go on a big playoff run and maybe a national championship run, you need a little magic on your team and something to happen, some some things to happen over the course of a year in a playoff. What parallels do you see between what happened in 1984 and what's happening right now with this Montana State team? Well, I, I would think that Coach Choate, is saying that his team is built around the defense, too, and that's a real similarity, I think, with 1984. And as the second half of the season here has progressed this year, the offense is starting to catch up and has caught up. And uh, being able to run the football uh, has has been a a huge part of the success, but Tucker Rovey coming into his own here the second half of the season uh, has really improved his uh, efficiency 
And I think you can see his confidence and the players' confidence in him uh, increase, uh, particularly here, uh, with not only with the University of Montana game and then uh, the two playoff games so far. So he's been in, he's been in the Fargo Dome and has, understands what that's like. So uh, the Bobcats are going to have to have a good production from him next week or here on uh, Saturday in Fargo. The the reemergence of Montana State as a national a program of national repute has been a very interesting history because after that 1984 national championship there was no no real hardest momentum instead it was just it kind of went into a a portion of being competitive and but not necessarily elite on the Big Sky Conference or national level for 15 16 years and then when Mike Kramer came in he sort of laid the foundation that then culminated in snapping the streak, beating the Grizz. Rob Ash took a lot of that momentum uh, and then won three straight Big Sky titles. And Montana State's been building, building, building. But, Dan, in your mind, what's been the key for the program as a whole? Because there was sort of a dormant period, which I know was probably hard for a lot of you guys that were working at Montana State to go through. But then the fact that it has turned the corner and incrementally gotten better and now explodes into a Final Four and semifinal berth, what have been the keys to the reemergence of the Bobcat football program? Well, I think you go back even you know to the Mike Kramer era as, as head coach here. Uh, when he took it over, it was it, the program was uh, fairly fairly low from the standpoint of uh, attendance and, and that type of thing. He he really generated the enthusiasm and uh, got the crowd back into the things and, and made it fun. Uh, also, you know, support from the administration and the community uh, as the Bobcats. I mean, I, I can remember uh, back when uh, Mike Kramer was here, we were 0-11. He was talking about Chattanooga, the national championship site. Uh, he, he had that in his mind and, and tried. He was convincing people to, that that was, our, that was the goal and uh, never got there, but the, the, the target was on the wall, so to speak, and then the, our, our attendance started going, and the tailgating got going. The fans got into it, the community, the university, and it's really, you know, we did did the end zone project, and uh, that really kind of got pe- the momentum going again, I think. And, and then when you get have some success on the field as well, uh, it just has, has kind of snowballed. And it's all about, you know, being the right place at the right time. Uh, when programs get turned around and you, you look all the way back, you know, to Don Reed at the University of Montana, he jumps in there and takes over with the, with the new stadium his second year and or maybe it was his first year and they did they haven't looked back. So it's uh, a number of factors that have to come together. And if it was an exact science, you could write a book and get, get rich. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but. Uh, it takes it takes vision and determination and and someone that's believable and you know right now Coach Choate's in that seat and and doing a marvelous job. Dan, I'm going to ask you now to uh, put your analyst hat on. I know that you've been calling games a long time. You know this program and this history as well as not better than anybody. Last year uh, didn't go very well for Montana State in their playoff game against the Bison. Also a measuring stick game, and as Jeff Choate said earlier this week, they, uh, they've seen the elephant, as it were, going back to Fargo. What do you expect to happen on Saturday? Well, I think, think it's going to be a, a situation like I've kind of already uh, elaborated on, that it, it's not going to be a, a, an awe situation where they're going in there and saying, wow, wow, wow. I think it's going to be more business-like, more workman-like uh, focus and uh, going in and, and 
11 guys, they can only play 11 guys, and we're going to have 11 guys out there, and it's going to be, uh, I've talked about this earlier in the week as well, but you've got two um, coaches, uh, Coach Hanson Coach and Coach Choate, they, uh, they live and breathe that line of scrimmage, whether it's offensive line or defensive line. They, they think you have to win that game and win, win that battle at, on the line of scrimmage, and, and they both believe that. They, they wear that on their sleeve, and I expect a, a physical game and uh, kind, of, kind of a war of wills, so to speak, and, and whoever's going to win that line of scrimmage is going to have the best opportunity, I think, to win this game, barring a bunch of goofy turnovers or a bunch of penalties or that type of thing. But it's going to be in the trenches where uh, things are going to happen, and whoever's going to win that uh, part of the game is going to have a, have a chance to win the game. Well, Dan, we certainly appreciate you being with us here on the roundtable and uh, enjoy it on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, you're more than welcome. And another little tidbit is uh, I've talked, we had a 35-year reunion here with the 84 team this fall uh, with the NAU game here, and and there was a bunch of guys back, and uh, they, they... it's so impressive, and uh, it, it makes me smile every time those guys get together because that's a special group. I talked to a guy yesterday that has already bought tickets to Frisco, uh, has a hotel room, and I know they were talking about it. A bunch of them were here last week that uh, if things line up right, there's going to be a bunch of those 84 guys, and I know 76 guys in Frisco. That's phenomenal. Got to love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a great uh battle in Fargo on Saturday. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. And again, remember Friday, we're going to be at the Southgate Mall, 4 to 6. Come on down. We'll be there hanging out even for an hour afterwards giving away gift cards, prizes to a bunch of different mall businesses or come hang out with us. By the way, I know you're looking for something to get your family, okay? Maybe somebody, you got somebody who's a car level lover, truck lover in your life. Go to Shine Auto Detailing. If you're a normal human, you have last-minute shopping to do and you freak out because you're running out of ideas, well, the most simple and best thing you can do, get a gift card to Shine Auto Detailing. From hunters and sports fans to soccer moms, everyone loves a fresh ride. Right now, online gift cards are on sale. You save 25 bucks on every $100 gift card. That's 25%, people. That's the math right there. I learned that one day, somewhere along the line. Hey, do something new for your spouse. 
for your spouse. Give them a Shine Auto Detailing e-gift card. Save 25 bucks, and they're delivered instantly. Go to shineautodetailing.net and click gift card. Shineautodetailing.net. This offer expires at midnight on December 24th, okay? Right up all the way to the buzzer. All right, go do it now. Coulter, it is uh, the first day of the early signing period. And there's a bunch of class, a bunch of high school kids, obviously, building for the future. Transfers, though, they're the ones where you go, okay, is this somebody who's going to be playing right away? And Montana and Montana State both got a transfer. Who's a quarterback? How about that? Robbie Patterson for the University of Montana comes from Medford, Oregon, by way of Saddleback Community College. Saddleback, a pretty well-known community college at this point, and is going to fit in as a, you know, younger, was he a junior, I think, coming in now uh, to his junior season this next year. So he will be behind Cam Humphrey and ahead of Garrett Graves in terms of order of uh, a year. Uh, but also, I think it's a, a, a guy that they're pretty high on. But I know Montana State, Coulter, they got a kid from North Carolina State, the Wolfpack. They're pumped up about it as well. Yeah, Matt McKay will be one of the best athletes, certainly, playing quarterback in the Big Sky Conference. It remains to be seen if he can be one of the best quarterbacks, but I know that, that Montana State thinks he can be. What does that mean for Montana State's quarterback room? This is going to be really fascinating. Jeff Chode addressed it during his press conference today. Sorry we didn't have any sound from that because it didn't start until 3, and yeah. in Jeff Chode fashion, it went until 4. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He talked for 57 minutes. Oh, he does, he does a full oh, no, he, he did, on he did every a, single play. He did a full PowerPoint presentation, and yes. then he had the kids' position coach, future position coach, as well as primary recruiter stand up and talk about each of them. Yeah, it's amazing what they do over there at Montana State. He had a full graphic of like all the states and where all the kids are from and stuff. Love graphics, love maps. They they have an impressive graphic design uh, program at Montana State and impressive graphic designers. But uh, Matt McKay, they're high on him. But he's entering a room where there's a guy like Tucker Rovick who was a huge question mark the first half of the season, then became um, not a question mark or anything, just kind of a. a a placeholder, and then became pretty good and has been solid and has done everything, no doubt, what Montese has asked him to do. But he's only a sophomore, but now you bring in a transfer in to directly compete with him. How does he react? How does Matt McKay react from being an ACC guy that comes to Montana State? How does Casey Bauman react? What does this mean for a variety of other quarterbacks on the Montana State roster? Ruben Beltran entered the transfer portal yesterday. He's been Montana State's third-string quarterback, so he's out. They still have young players like Blake Thielen out of Great Falls, who was a good player, signed with them last year, so he'll be a redshirt freshman this upcoming year. But they also signed Tommy Malott, who knows if he plays quarterback at Montana State or not. They also signed Jake Diagostino from Bozeman High, who led the Hawks to state championship. So as the trend continues, they had 19, quarter, 19 former high school quarterbacks on their roster entering today, and then they just signed a bunch more. We'll see where they find spots on the field for these guys. As far as Robbie Patterson goes, uh, did it not surprise me one bit that that Bobby Houck brought in a transfer quarterback? He always does when he knows he's going to have a starting quarterback competition, mm-hmm. whether that's a guy from the JC ranks or an FBS drop-down. Robbie Patterson, uh, he had good stats at Saddleback. Uh, he threw for 2,575 yards, 20 touchdowns, and uh, completed about 62% of his passes, only eight picks. I think that picks are always a translatable stat, 
And, you know, not to pour salt in an open wound right now for Grizz followers, but Dalton Snead threw a bunch of picks in junior college. And I think, I mean, he threw a bunch of picks at the University of Montana. He was good this year until they exploded in the Weber State game. But I guess what I'm saying is if you can rebound at the college level, you can rebound at the NBA level. Just like if you throw a bunch of picks at any level of college, you're probably going to keep throwing picks. Robbie Patterson did not throw picks, so we'll see how that translates. But it's going to be interesting to see two guys with Saddleback Junior College backgrounds, Cam Humphrey and Robbie Patterson, competing with Chris Brown for the starting quarterback job next year. I think right. those are the three front runners. I highly doubt the Garrett Graves. I think they'll probably give him a chance in spring ball to keep learning it. But the fact that he was actually in the rotation at receiver, I think they understand they need to get him on the field in some form or fashion. He's just a great athlete. We saw him on special teams. He's probably their special teams player of the year this year, right? I mean, or at least one of. Yeah. And so I think you got to find a spot for him, whether it's on offense or defense. Uh, but uh, no rest for the weary. They brought in quarterback transfers at both schools. Even though we've gotten a glimpse of Cam Humphrey, Tucker Rovig is a sophomore starter. The competition never ceases, uh, both on the recruiting trail and when it comes to the quarterback position. I know that we don't have a ton of time to really flesh this out. It's just always intriguing to me. The quarterback is the most important position on the field, okay? Nobody, I think, is arguing that at this point in time. That said... I think it seems like a big deal because it is such a visible position. This is happening at every position. I mean, I realize in this instance, there's not other transfers that are coming in. They're just younger kids, but there's competition at every single position, and it matters as much to your offensive lineman or your linebacker as it does to your quarterback, it seems to me. Except for those other positions, you could rotate a lot yeah. more and you can still play. Hey, well, tell Montana State you can't rotate a quarterback. Sutel Nuanas, boys and girls, been a fun Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Look forward to it. Have a wonderful night tonight. Enjoy Grizz Oregon basketball. See you in 22 hours. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.